Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Nathan Broad joins us in studio to talk post-game vibes from rolling the reigning premiers last Friday. Also, we preview gym time at the G ahead of an incredibly special Sir Doug Nichols Indigenous round and the AFL record that the Tigers can break this weekend if they're able to take the points. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes here for your hump day and joining us in studio once again is three-time Premiership Tiger, Nathan Broad. Broady, thanks for joining us today. Morning, Abs. Good to see you again. No golf for you today. I mean, we're not complaining because we get you in studio, but you love getting out there and having a a swing, but not the case today. No, I was penciled in at 12.52 today, but I'm a bit (laughs) sore. I pulled up pretty sore, so I'm going to give it a miss today. Oh, you'll be good to go for dream time. There's no doubt about that. But before we get into this week, I need to go back to Friday night. It feels Mm. like an eternity ago now, doesn't it? But a 24-point win against the reigning Premiers, such a big rivalry between these two sides in recent years, but you must have been pretty bloody happy with that result. God, yeah. I think uh, I remember sitting here talking to you saying, Mm. you know, we're we're on the right track, we are doing the right things, but it's hard to say um, when the results aren't coming. But we did feel like we were on the right track and, um, yeah, Friday night we were able to put everything together and play four quarters of footy and, yeah, it was an amazing feeling and uh, it was good to get the win for Dion. Most coaches' votes. Yeah, Eight. that could be the first coach's vote in my career. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I even know if I've so. had one. But, um, yeah, no, it's, um, it was a good team performance yeah. and, yeah, happy, happy to get a couple of votes. How do you approach that, that Cats forward line as such? Because Jezza Cameron, Tom mm. Hawkins, we know how good these guys are. But yeah. you've had some really good battles with those two in particular. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure preparing for a Jezza Cameron-like is a pretty, I guess, daunting task. Yeah, it's yeah, it's daunting on one hand, but it's also an amazing opportunity on the other hand. Um, yeah, when the, when the club and Dimmer and that said um, they're going to give me the role. I was, I was stoked and mm. uh, it's a great challenge, but the boys around me, um, they helped me out big time. There was looking back on the vision, there's moments where, you know, he's he's got the better of me, Jeremy, and boys have come in from the side. So um, as a back six, uh, back seven, sorry, at the moment, we're playing really well and, um, yeah, a lot of the stats are starting to align how we want to be seen as a back line, so it's good. You mentioned your great mate, Dion Prestia, yeah, game yeah, 200 meaty. for him last week. Yeah. That was nice to get the win in game 200 for him. But gee, he's an impressive story. His first 95 games were at the Suns, obviously, coming yeah. over to the Tigers end of 2016 and straight into success with you guys in 2017. But take us within the four walls. Yeah. Tell us about Dion and what makes him such a good friend of yours. Um, I don't know. He's a bit of a larrikin. He's very funny. Um, he's very a little jokester. Um, and Dion just does what Dion wants. That's what I love about him. He, he says how it says it. He's honest. Um, but yeah, he's a great teammate, great mate. And um, it was good to get the win for him. It was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. Do you have a funny story for us? Surely. Surely oh, Meatball's got some stories. Meatball's got a lot of stories. <laughs> Maybe can you probably can't say them on here. Meatball's full of stories. Um, oh, nothing that comes to mind, but he's just a great bloke. Um, mm. He just, yeah, does whatever he wants and he lives in Dion. Dion's own little bubble and own yeah. little world, and that's what I love about him. He just, yeah, does whatever he wants. There's milestones yeah. galore around the footy club at the moment. There is You've at the got Vloston, 200 this week, Shea Bolton, 100th, Jack Ross, 50th. Yep. Um, yeah, you've got some players with some exciting few weeks coming up. Yeah, it's a big week. Obviously, Dreamtime week this week is always a massive week without milestones, but like you said, Vloston, Shea, and Ross. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a huge week. And Xavier Clark's designed the um, jersey for us this week, and yeah. he spoke about the jersey yesterday and what it meant to him and what was on it. And, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. 
amazing NT from where you are, Ab. Yes. So, um, yeah, he's got a lot of amazing things on the jersey. So um, you'll get to see him on Saturday night. Yeah, it looks amazing. Congratulations yeah. to X and the Clark family yeah. for putting their design forward this year. It's... Yeah, he's proud as punch X and as he should be. He's yeah. been a great ambassador for our club. Yeah, totally. You boys will rep that with pride on Saturday night. But you mentioned your back six. I want to speak to you about Dan Rioli as well quickly yeah. and just – how you've seen his development. He, of course, came to the club. He was living with Dimmer. He was a, a forward in the early parts of his career. But what he's giving you off halfback, mm. that run and carry, the handball, the speed, the decision-making on his behalf, it's so impressive for me to watch on Friday night from ground level. Yeah. Um, you must be really proud with how far he's come with his development at the club. Yeah, Goji, I think when Basher retired, it was like a bit of a – you know, left a bit of a hole and a bit of like a where we're going to replace him because def- definitely not going to be me, that's for yeah. sure. Um, he's an incredible player and, yeah, we, we had it right there in front of our eyes but probably just didn't know it and Dan stepped into that role and, geez, he's just flourished. Like, he's just un- incredible what he's doing. He's in all Australian form, if you ask me. Um, and, yeah, he's just given us great rebound um, off half back. but you probably think he's playing half forward sometimes because he's getting on the scoreboard every yeah. week as well. So uh, he's been incredible and hopefully we can continue on playing well with him. Yeah, I love watching yeah. Dan Rioli go about his business. But just quickly, mm. have the boys addressed what happened with Samson and Ryan's mum on, oh. on Friday night? Brian Taylor roaming Brian down in the rooms. He gets another victim, doesn't he, Brian? <laughs> he just <laughs> manages to get the best out of everyone. And, um, yeah, he got the best out of Samson's mum. I think she might have had a few too many champagnes maybe and, um, yeah, had the Samson's young uh, partner in the rooms for Lily? the first time, Lily. So, yep. Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a listen oh. to roaming Brian and Samson's mum. So just on the girlfriend, just on the quiet. Yeah. What? Okay. She's lovely. Is she? Her name is Lily. Is she sort of here somewhere? Or? Yeah. Do you want to talk to her? Where is she? She's just there. Lily. Lily. Where, just put your hand up. Uh, Lily. Oh no! This is the first My time the family have met we Lily. Not be yeah, for a first while. time tonight. Well, you're a little nervous about. I know you're nervous about the game, but you were nervous about that as well. Oh, absolutely. It's the family. It's the first time, so. No. Ah. Nah, I'm not focused on the footy, but it was so good to get the result tonight. It was just... Just on the quiet, what did you think of Mum? Oh, she's lovely. She's, um, plastered, but lovely. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. Samson Ryan's mum was definitely BOG in the rooms on Friday night. But how good. That's the first meeting from the girlfriend and the mum. I'm sure you've got a great story as well. How did you go meeting Taylor's? family for the first time or Taylor meeting your family? Uh, well, I used to sneak sneak into Taylor's uh, <laughs> joint, which was um, part of our wedding speech uh, from her old man. So um, yeah, once he found out, he's a bit of a rough man as well. So when he found that out, he was um, not too impressed. But now nah, me and Mickey boy get along really well now and uh, he's a legend. But I tell you what, if, if that was my mum, we'd be having a stern word, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you just said my mum would be dead. Oh, she wouldn't talk for a few weeks, I don't think. Hey, so Doug Nichols in Indigenous round this weekend. Dreamtime at the G on Saturday night. This is a, a round that we always put in our calendars as something we truly look forward to each and every year. So how mm. special is it for the Richmond Footy Club to be involved in Dreamtime and be able to really highlight and celebrate the incredible contribution of all of our Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander um, peoples and the contribution that they have made? Yeah, it's incredible. It's one of the best best games of the year by far. And um, Richmond, even before I got there, we've always had a lot of Indigenous boys. And um, yeah, we love, we're very proud of our boys. They're um, awesome. Always got them um, designing jerseys and stuff. And like we said, X is designing the jersey this 
this week. So mm. um, I do remember one uh, game when we played up in the uh, COVID up in the NT uh, against the Bombers up there. That was just unbelievable. Um, I'd love to see more games up in the NT mm. um, because, yeah, the atmosphere and um, the Indigenous community and culture up there, yeah. um, it was just incredible week um, to be up there. I was just mentioning this exact game to producer Zoe just before you got here. But that for me is one of the greatest games that I've ever been a part of, not mm. only because the Northern Territory is a big part of my journey and I, I'm, you know, very passionate about the NT, but to have Dan Rioli there, I interviewed him post-game and both of us were almost in tears because this is a ground, TIO Stadium up in mm. the, the top end that Dan Rioli's grown up at. And to have the opportunity for Richmond to take on Essendon in a Dreamtime game up there, it was such a, a special, special night and, um, yeah, something that meant so much to both of us. Yeah, it was incredible. And I'll never, ever forget um, the bloke at the start giving his uh, oh, speech and story. Oh, that was incredible. The whole stadium, even the t- everyone's televisions around us, Australia. They just would have got goosebumps. It was incredible. Mm. I reckon we should get him to more games, that bloke. He oh. was an absolute ripper. He was awesome, yeah, yeah. wasn't he? Well, it all kicks off on Friday night. We've got Nam and Yatapolti. Um, so two clubs here that have adopted the traditional names, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. So yep. it is, of course, the Power and the Demons. Christian Pedraka last night on 360 um, spoke about hitting up Travis Boak in the past for some advice throughout his career and I guess Trav is somebody that everybody idolises in the way that he goes about his footy and the way that he prepares. But do you have somebody as well that you potentially um, have reached out to throughout your career? Might not be somebody at the Richmond Footy Club, but somebody that you've really lent on in those years? Um, I'm not sure if I've lent out, but I do remember early days um, at the Tigers um, when I was still finding my feet, Dimmer said to me, I want you to go watch Giants first Bombers um, and really watch um, Nick Haynes and see mm-hmm. how he goes about it and how he does it. And I want you to try and emulate his game and try and be a bit like him. So I have gone to watch live AFL games um, when I was like younger, trying to find my feet and watch these type of players and try and yeah, little pick a little bit of part of them as I can. But um, yeah. yeah, with someone outside of the club, probably not as much. No. Yeah. No. Well, we saw yesterday some beautiful vision of Brad Hill and Bobby Hill with their kids, obviously yeah, yep. launching Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous Round. You've got a bubber on the way. Yes, does that? Girl. Yeah, does that yeah. make you so excited to see these these incredible players um, with their kids at the footy grounds? And, um, yeah, does it get you excited to think that you're going to have your little girl there very soon? It and does, yeah. I'm, I'm getting on 30 now, but I uh, want to keep kicking on. Yeah. Uh, and for her too, I want her to be able to see what dad does and um, try and have some memories when she gets older. And I, I love Richmond's a massive family club. Um, we always have the kids in the rooms, yep. um, recovery days, Sundays, whatever. Everyone brings their kids and dogs in. And um, yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. And now that I do have a little girl along the way, um, it's making me even more and more excited um, to be able to bring her into the rooms and, and yeah. Maybe a little awesome. future AFLW superstar. Well, she's got a good kick on her at the moment. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Taylor's belly's just <laughs> popping up, so she could be sent half forward. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so let's get into some of the injury news that's come out over the last couple of days. Kicking off with Jack Darling. So he played the game with a broken arm. So that was sustained in the third quarter, and he insisted that he was to play on. Have you ever played with an injury or, or something kind of as significant as that? Because Jack Darling, hard as nails to be able to continue on and finish that game with a broken arm. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I've, I've not, never done anything like that, um, continue on with a broken arm. That's that's amazing courage and hats off to Jack. Um, Jack Graham, he, I remember in the 
one of the prelims, he did his shoulder, busted it, done, and he was oh. running around tackling blokes with one arm um, and then he missed the grand final after that. Yeah. But that was an amazing – if it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't even got through to the got through to the granny from the prelim. So, yeah. Um, yeah, hats off to Jack Darling too. That's amazing courage. One story that I can think of um, throughout <laughs> my journey, not for me personally, but I was working in the VFL. Yeah. And Lin Jong, he hurt his shoulder in the prelim as well. And everybody thought he was potentially going to miss a grand final. He ended up getting up, um, took the field. He had a shoulder heavily strapped. And the doggies knew that the opposition were going to come for that shoulder. Um, And it only came out post-game that the medical staff had strapped the good shoulder. So they'd left the the dodgy one unstrapped because they knew that it was going to get a lot of attention. Um, That's one of the best stories I've ever heard. And and they did. They came for him. They were hitting the shoulder. They were getting into it, trying to put him off his game. But that was the good one. Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) genius. Well done to the dogs. (laughs) Yeah, they did that very, very well. Hey, Ollie Henry, he's missing the next two matches with a ruptured testicle. Um, you're the best person for us to speak to about this. Dale <laughs> Thomas on Monday was actually telling me the story of you. You were only 11 or 12 and Correct, you had a little yep. bit of a an issue or mm. a, an injury to to your region. Yes, yeah. I wouldn't have a baby girl um, if it was much further worse than oh. what it was. Um, so, yeah, had the uh, old fella just came out a little bit too much. He yeah, split the skin. So I kind of know what uh, poor Henry's going through. Um, it might not seem funny at the moment, but it will be funny one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 be in a lot of pain, wouldn't he? I would have thought so. I've never ruptured a testicle, that's for sure. But that, um, yeah, that sounds very, very nasty. It is an unusual injury, but it has been done before. So still side bottom. He suffered the same fate in 2019. Former North Melbourne defender Scott Thompson in that same year. And then also Geelong assistant coach James Kelly in 2015. So it does make you... Touch wood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds very nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just moving on quickly. Ken Hinckley... um, um, we'll see them obviously on Friday night to kick off Indigenous round, but he spoke of the difference that he has connecting with the players when he coaches from the boundary versus when he's up in the coach's box. Yeah. From Dimmer's perspective, do you think it's better to be able to have that instant feedback from your head coach as soon as you come off the ground? Or obviously you can put on the headsets and still speak to them at any given time. But what do you yeah. prefer and, and what do you think Dimmer rolls uh, with? Well, I know what Dimmer rolls with. Yeah. And I know if Dimmer's down on the bench, it is not good. Okay. It is not, not good. So, um, yeah, if he, only time Dimmer ever comes down is when things are going really bad mm. and he's had a gutful um, and he's going to let you know about it. So, um, yeah, I, that's my only experience with having a coach down on the bench. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Okay, so we, but, um, we don't no, want to see Dimmer down there. No, you don't want to see Dimmer down there. It's for bad news only. But um, no, I think, yeah, it's good to see some coaches down there. I, you sit on the bench and it's very hard to see the game on the bench. So mm. I don't know how they'd go seeing what's happening from a broader picture. Yep. Obviously being in the box, you can see the bigger picture stuff. But um, yeah, it obviously works for Ken and, and the mm. other coaches. I think um, Beveridge does a bit too. Well, there you go, footy talk yeah. listeners. If you see Dimmer on yeah. the interchange bench, you Things know that something, well. something, <laughs> something is seriously not going well. <laughs> You're listening to Footy Talk. We've got to take a break. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. We've got new episodes every day at lunchtime for you.
Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy. Nathan Broad joins us in studio today and Ethan Meldrum's jumped in, one of the best stats guys in the business. Always great to see you, Ethan. <laughs> good to see you, Abs. Good to see you, Broadie. I, hey. I think I'd have to be. There's not that many stats when floating around. Oh, so you want me to say you're the best? No. Yeah. no I'm definitely not the best. Well, you're up there. That's why I said one of the best. Yeah, but it's a small competition, so... <sighs> Nah, he's been too I, modest, I think. I yeah, yeah, very modest. I, I said to you only, what, a week or so ago that you're nailing it. I was very impressed with some of the stats that you were ripping out on Triple M footy. Yeah, I heard I was getting some good feedback from the club. Yeah, the club, it. yeah, they, they're, they're on to it. you got um, your fans. <laughs> you don't want to get, we and Abs just saying, you don't want to get your stats wrong, though, because people out there, oh, they, they will no. come for you. They no. will come for you. So what have you got for us today? I, I, I actually, I had a good run in with Swamp once in the media centre. Of Ooh. course, he does a little stats on Channel 7. I think I tweeted something about it. It was like some Gramble Get stat, Lockie Neal, something like that. I was one off. He let you know. He let me know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Swampy. Yeah. We yeah. love Swamp. So attention to detail on that one. Um, <laughs> I want to start with the Bombers. Of course, you're playing them this week, Brody. Um, and their ball movement this year it was a little strength of theirs last year. And now it's become a like a big weapon of theirs. Uh, keeping in mind they played six of the top seven teams, so the four and five record, mm. I'm not sure is like maybe it's not an accurate reflection of where they are, but their ball movement from defensive 50. So they're fifth in the league for going from D50 to inside 50, first in the league for the D50 to score, 13% of the time they score, and they've kicked 33 goals going end-to-end in unbroken chains. That's eight more than the next best, which is Melbourne and mm. Adelaide. I imagine that's a big watch for you, Brody, about how Eston moved the ball going forward. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know they were that good. But, um, yeah, I think Mason Redmond's having a great year. Mm. Um, Andy McGrath's down there playing halfback now too, which was in the midfield. So, um, yeah, we're going to be on our game big time this week. So, And we just come off playing Geelong, who are really good at, you know, chipping the ball around and then and then going fast. So I feel like we've had a good good precursor into this uh, Saturday night. As you said, though, I think the results that we've seen for the Bombers over the last few weeks isn't a, a true reflection of where they're at. They had that 4-1 mm. and one start to round five, obviously, and then haven't won since. But they're playing a really good brand of footy under Brad Scott and they're undermanned. Yes, they're missing some of their, their quality players. But to keep the Brisbane Lions to 19 points and a half of footy up there at the Gabba last week, um, they, there's still so many positives to take out, uh, out of them for the last month or so. God, yeah, yeah, I reckon they're kind of like what we, where we were a couple of weeks yep. ago. You know, you're playing mm. good footy, but you're not getting the result. And mm. then the outside noise is, you know, you're falling off, the wheels are falling off type thing. But we're under no illusion that that's not happening at Essendon. Um, we're going to have to be on our toes big time. Like you said, 19 points and a half yeah. at the Gabba with Danaher, Cameron, Hipwood, yep. all these guys. Um, it's a monster effort. So, yeah, we're going to be on, that's for sure. Yeah, very much looking forward to that game. Um, pressure plays and pressure forwards is what I want to focus on next. Uh, this is very much what I consider the Morris Rioli stat because he, comp- <laughs> he, he led this stat by so far last year, it's not funny. So scores forced from turnover. So, like, the player that forces the turnover yep. and then leads to a team score. Uh, champion data tracked that stat. Morris Rioli was so far ahead of the competition, it's not funny last year. He played 12 full games. Richmond scored, I think it was 125 points from the turnovers he forced, from chasing, from pressuring, from forcing players to turn it over. And that's from 12 games. Mm. So the top five players in the league, the pressure forwards, the ones that really annoy people like yeah. you, I imagine, Brody. Uh, reverse order, Zach Bailey, Brad Close, Will Hayward, Jack Higgins. And then number one, and he's quite far ahead of the rest, he's Alex Neil Bullen. 72 points Melbourne have scored off the turnovers he's forced. I imagine these players are making life hell for you, yeah. Brody. Yeah, I'm surprised Cozzy Pickett's not up there, maybe because he's playing a bit more midfield time this mm. year. But, um, yeah, Cozzy Pickett's one that you just – the amount of speed that ground they can take up in a quick amount of speed is ridiculous. Oh. I remember Morris Rioli got uh, – might have been Neil Bullen this year – 
he went from the goal square yeah. to the pocket. Oh, no, it was uh, Brayshaw, sorry. And I remember watching in the stands and the amount of speed that he got there, like how quick he got there was just incredible. So I think these small forwards, um, yeah, a diamond dozen. And, and, yeah, we'd love probably Jason Castagna, Dan Butler and Jack Higgins back now. Mm. Um, what they're doing is unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, as you just said, like the speed over the cro- the first kind of 10 to 15 metres, Morris Rioli is one of my favourites to, to watch at this. But it's like lightning. Yeah, so well, we, we love it because as backs, you can kind of set up knowing they're going to blast it long down the line yeah. because they're just going to take away the ground that, that like that. They don't have time to look at multiple options. So, um, yeah, Morris has got a little hamstring at the moment, mm. So, but I'd love to have him back out there, that's for sure. But we still do have some very good small forwards. Yeah, and top-ranked key forward last year was Tom Lynch as well. He ranked 10th in the competition for that exact stat. So Yeah, right, wow. Yeah, there's a yeah. Cu- couple of good ones always have been yeah. at the Tigers. Uh, third one I want to focus on is there's a lot of streaks going around at the moment. Poor old Greg Clark, 0-15 in his career. I was looking up your stats, Nath. You, were, you played your 73rd game by the time you lost your 15th. You'd already won three flags by then. So, oh, geez, it's un- geez, it's unfortunate <laughs> where you can start your footy sometimes. Poor old Gre- yeah, Greg poor Clark. Greg. Yeah, so. um, Clayton Oliver, um, he's on a clearance run at the moment. Um, I was watching this one really close because he left it very late against the Hawks on the weekend, but he's now had uh, five clearances, 51 games in a row. Oh, my God. For comparison, the next best in the league, not, uh, Lockie Neal with 12, oh, Will yeah. Brody with 51. nine. 51 games in a row. No. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? Absolute freak. Big Gawney putting it down his throat. Yeah. yeah. And and now Brody Grundy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not I think a bad the, combo. But I think the most important streak, uh, Richmond, 13 in a row against Eston, gunning for 14. It would be the longest active streak against any team in the AFL at the moment. It's Richmond's longest winning run against Essendon ever. The next best was 11, nearly, I think it was just over 100 years ago. Big stakes if you can pull off Dreamtime on Saturday night. I'm going to say no comment. <laughs> I am not putting the mocker on us in any way. I'm just going to leave that one. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is a very good stat, but I'm not going to say anything on that and put the mocker on us, but so th- this no is, comment. This is such an important game, isn't it, on Saturday yeah. night between these two sides. We won't touch on the streak. Don't worry, <laughs> No, you can talk about yeah. it. I, I can't talk No, about but it. internally, yeah. you know, there was so much talk, obviously, over the last few days about it. You know, the Tigers of old and you're back and... Um, you, you know, you're ready to go. You've got a relatively good run into the finals. Should you be able to really find your form and run with that? But Saturday night, you've really got to hit the ground running again and and hopefully come away with the four points. Yeah, I think last Friday night's game doesn't mean nothing, but won't mean as much if we come out on Saturday and put out a poor performance. So we're under no illusion that um, last Friday was a great win, but that's that's how it's got to be going forward. It can't just be... Um, you know, like a FIFO job, fly yeah, in, fly out, one no. on, one off. So, um, yeah, but bombers are bombers are going really well and we need to be up for the challenge. We have to continue it now. Ethan, you just mentioned Tommy Lynch. Obviously, he's out through injury at the moment, which is devastating for all Tigers fans. You yeah. want him in your team. But on Friday, just an observation of mine, in that 2017 grand final, you had Jack Rewalt down there, you had Josh Caddy, you had, you know. Townsend. Yeah, yep, yep. you had your, and then quality smalls. And you guys just played as though you just needed to find a way. No matter what it was, your avenue to go, you found a way. Whereas without Tommy Lynch in there, as I said, you want him there, don't get me wrong. But yep. it, it feels like on the weekend just gone, you were back to finding a way. You weren't, you know, looking for one person inside 50 or anything like that. It was a whole yeah. collective team yep. buy-in. We have, we have, we speak about it. We have a system that you got to play to. So everyone knows their role within that system. But then within that, it's just kind of like just play 
Um, so, yeah, which is, I think Tommy Atkins spoke after the game that he hates when that style of footy's being played quick, frenetic, yeah. don't know where it's going, and we call it organised chaos down yes. in Richmond. So <laughs> we kind of know what we're doing, but we kind of don't. And Dusty. Um, Dusty yeah. popping up with four as well. Yeah. Um, he's kicked five in the last two Marlon weeks. Marlon Pickett went yep. down key forward. and just Koch. Yeah, yeah, Koch kicking <laughs> goals. Like Marlon had seven touches, and people probably think like, oh, seven touches, all this stuff. But the aerial power impact he had, like – um, stopping Stuart from taking these MOPs and stuff was just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, Marlon's just on fire at the moment in that era. And, Eith, it's nice to see Trent Cotchin pop up and, and really hit the scoreboard in a, a big way as well. Three goals on Friday night against the reigning Premiers. There was so much talk in the off-season about, yes, him spending more time forward, but is he going to be able to impact? And he certainly is. Yeah, it took him a while to, uh, I suppose, get going this season as well. But I think it was first time in six years he's kicked three goals or something like that. Yeah. So he's starting to get in his groove. And just there's a few different weapons up there. Uh, Cotchin, Samson, Ryan as well. I love watching him play. It's good to watch. Yeah, it's good. we got obviously Hops is out this week now with a little calf, yeah. so maybe Koch will do more midfield time, but that's the great flexibility we've got at the moment. we got uh, mids playing forward, forwards playing mid, uh, wingers that are playing inside as well. So, um, And that's what Dimmer's big on. Everyone needs to know um, double, double-edged sword, so yeah. play another position. So Even Dion Presti kicking three in a row. I know, yeah. Got yeah. a hat-trick at the G. Kicked <laughs> a bomb from 55 on the weekend, check side. Yeah. <laughs> um, just quickly on Hopper before we let you go. Yeah. How long is he expected to miss? Is it just a week or? Uh, I don't think it'll be a week. I think these days they're they're pretty cautious with car, mm. calves and hammies, so maybe two or three weeks or something like that. But um, we'll get him back soon enough, and yeah, um, yeah he's been really important for us so far. Hey, great work, all of you, Ethan. Thank you for the stats. We've got to let Nathan Broad get back to his flat packs. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> flat Good packs of baby furniture. Do not do it. <laughs> hey, there is something called Airtasker if you yes. want to outsource that. But if you have a question for us at Footy Talk, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok. You can reach us at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, Daisy and Heath Shaw are joined in here in the studio with Fev. You've been listening to Footy Talk. Have a good day. Listener.